morning, Impact City Church. It is so good to see you. I'm excited to welcome you this morning. I'm going to invite you to take your seats. There is something that I want to share with you before we jump into the Word. I will say everything is in the YouVersion app. I say that every Sunday, but all the notes, all the scriptures that will be covered and that will be highlighted are there. But I want to speak to you uh, on something that I introduced this, this past Wednesday. Over the last couple of months, since the beginning of August to be exact, uh, throughout this Freedom Series, we have been studying the truth of the Scripture and being able to apply it to our lives. There have been probably many moments when you have discovered that you have believed a lie that was contrary to what God has said about you something that was contrary to God's word, challenged us, maybe perhaps renewed us to embrace what God says is indeed true. And while this series of spiritual growth uh, may have been difficult, may have been painful, it may have allowed us to reflect on some, some dark moments in our lives, the effort that you have put into this journey is worth it, and we are not done yet. We are not done yet. I am so excited to announce that we will be hosting here at Impact City a Freedom Conference on Friday, December the 3rd, and on Saturday, December the 4th. This conference is going to be the culmination of everything that we have studied and everything that we have discovered over the course of these last few weeks, and you do not want to miss it. I truly believe this event will transform us as a church and launch us into who God has designed us to be and who God is calling us to be. So please do make this conference a priority in your schedule. Each week of the study has been thoughtfully designed to prepare you to have a powerful conference and a powerful encounter with God at the first week of December and break free from the strongholds that have held us back from being able to move forward and to progress. Strongholds like abuse strongholds like shame, strongholds like fear, strongholds like soul ties, rejection, and so much more. You can expect resistance from the enemy. You can expect that there's going to be obstacles, that things are going to stand in the way of you being able to get here on that day. But focus all that you have on, on being here at, the, at that conference and being able to finish strong. You can sign up for that conference today. In the Church Center app, you can visit the warehouse in the back for more information to help you uh, register for that event. There is a $15 registration fee, and I'm going to tell you why that is. It goes towards covering your breakfast and your lunch on Saturday, along with a freedom bracelet, notebook, and pen. We never want you to miss an event because of finances, and I want you to know that there are scholarships available Please reach out for assistance. To start the process, you can email info at impactcity.cc. We cannot wait to see you there. It's going to be incredible. It's my favorite word. Hope you're doing great today. Are you all ready for the word? All right. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version. And it says like this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. All right, we're going to be talking this morning on the subject, Vessels of Honor. 
So when we look at our lives, we are in the condition we are in because of one, at least one of these three things. It could be more. Um, we could be in the condition. We could be facing what we're facing. We could be in the state that we are in because of one of these three, one of these three things. Number one is the choices we have made. Um, some of us have made poor choices. All of us have made poor choices. And, and at times there are some, some difficult repercussions and there's some, some ramifications, some consequences, so to say, for us having to deal. There's every, every action has a consequence. Um, sometimes there's a good consequence, sometimes there's a bad consequence. So it's very likely that we could be facing some things in our lives because of sin. The second thing um, is because we have been a victim of, of an event, of a tragedy, of something that took place long time ago or maybe recently. And that right there, whether it was just a negative experience in the house, a negative experience with a parent or with a child, and it has created a wound. It has created a wound that we are dealing with today and the reason why we are angry when we deal with people it's not so much because we're upset at them but it's because we have not allowed God to heal what took place years ago but we're we're going to be healed in Jesus name um, something that happens in the family like as I mentioned it could be a by you are a byproduct of that and it created that so one it could be the choices we made that have been as a result of sin. Number two, it could be something that was done to us and it has created a wound. But the third thing that I want to uh, be able to discover today and be able to attack is that we have an enemy. We have a real enemy and it's stuff that the devil, uh, Satan, wants to do to us. And I'm going to provide you with some scriptures to let you know um, because this is very true. Uh, what we are dealing with a lot uh, of the times, oftentimes, more often than not, is spiritual. We are in a spiritual battle, and it is the things that the enemy wants to do to us. And I do want to tell you today, um, the devil is very real. He is very real. And, and I want to, with the help of the Lord this morning, debunk some of the myths of spiritual warfare. I realize that this is a topic that not a lot of the times we cover, uh, but if we are going to truly experience victory, it's not just about me standing up here and telling you we're going to be victorious, but I'm going to tell you how we can get there in Jesus' name and with the power of his word. I want to debunk some myths that are out there, and it's important for us to recognize these and, and understand the different components of what they are because it is very present in our lives. So let's look at it. The majority of Jesus's ministry, when you look at his three and a half years when he walked planet earth in the physical form, Jesus, the Bible tells us, was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he wasn't just confronting the physical condition of humans. No, he was not just dealing with the sickness. He was not just dealing with the death. No, he was, con he was dealing with the spiritual condition that was taking, that was wreaking havoc on humanity. Because our enemy is real. 
Our enemy is real. We're in a spiritual battle. In the Old Testament, when you see the battles that took place, the, the battlefield was in the physical. It, it took place with swords. It took place with all these different types of weapons. But you don't see any of that in the New Testament. You don't see any of that because it has been transferred over to the spiritual realm. He fights us in our minds. He fights us in our spirits. He fights us in our hearts. And we fight the battle here in this place, in our spirit. You fight the battle in your mind, day in and day out. It's more spiritual than you realize. And we have to be aware of this if we are going to be victorious. We have to be aware of this if we are going to be able to have the success that God wants us to have in him. And when we get to the Freedom Conference and we begin to pray some of these declarations and we begin to confess some of these things because we know, like we heard a few weeks ago, the power of life and death rests on the tongue. There are some declarations that we need to make as children of the living king. And when we get there, it is important for us to understand why we are saying the things that we are saying. And we have to prepare today and the next week to continue laying the groundwork to be able to move forward in Jesus. Amen? Amen. So there's three things that we need to know. There's three things that we need to know. The first thing is demons are real. Demons are real. It's not just a picture that you see. It's not just a figment of someone's imagination. The enemy that we face, he is real. There's three angels that are mentioned in scripture. You have Gabriel, the angel that came to give Mary the good news that she was highly favored, that she was going to give birth to Jesus. You have the angel Michael, who was uh, the one who transferred the body of Moses as we see through scriptures. And, and it, it's so incredible that, that when the, this angel, Gabriel, that he moved Moses' body and, and the enemy wanted to contend for his body. And the, you have, we have to understand how, how strong angels are. It, it just took a few angels to move the, the rock, the stone that, that stood before the tomb of Jesus. Angels are so powerful that they are the security system of heaven. Angels are so powerful that the Bible says that they are powerful, they are mighty in power. But, but yet when, when the angel Michael confronted Satan, he said he, he didn't want to engage in him. He, he understood his limitations. He said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. It, it is important to know that, that there is power in, in referencing the one who has all power. There is power in referencing the, the name of Jesus, and we're going to get there. So, Michael, you have Gabriel, and then you have Lucifer. And in both Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel chapter 28, this is not in your notes, so you can write this down. The Bible gives the account of how Lucifer was the worship leader in heaven. And when he said he wanted to be God, I will raise my throne up and I will be like the Most High, it was pride that ultimately kicked him out of heaven. And Revelation tells us of the war. And when you look at Revelations 12, 7 through 9, it says, Then war broke out in heaven. 
Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. Now you see him identified who leads the whole world astray. That is his mission. That is his goal, to lead us astray, to to make us lose focus of God, to make us lose focus of our purpose, to make us lose focus of his word. He leads the whole world astray. He was hurled on the earth and his angels with him. He is still trying to do that. He is still trying to do that. He is still trying to lead the world astray. And I would tell you, let us not be, uh, a recent study showed that 51% of Christians believe that there is no devil. Believe that there is no devil. That is, that's alarming to know our enemy is real. Let's do better than that. Let's recognize that there is an enemy. It is so much better when we understand what we're up against. It's so much better when we understand what we're up against. And that's what I want to go through. Number two, demons want to destroy you. Demons want to destroy you. The Bible tells us in several occasions the devil schemes. When I think of schemes, I think of a football coach being able to draw a different play and understanding where the middle linebacker is going to fire in and understand that the corner may blitz in and be able to understand the scheme, the schematics of what is taking place. He has a drawing board for your life and for my life. He, so he draws up a custom temptation. He draws up a custom tragedy. And, and he studies where our weaknesses are so he can be able to attack us in that area. But I am glad that his strength is made perfect in my weakness. But he uses what we, we could look at because uh, Um, as the type of a fishing lure. Uh, And we understand this from, if you go fishing, the bait is individualized. And we know that at the end, it has a hook. And and that is how the enemy is luring and coming after us. He's not in a red jumpsuit. And he doesn't have a pitchfork. He can come in the form of what you want most. He can come in the form of what you and I want most. That's why 1 Peter 5 says this, be alert and of a sober mind, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. Be alert. That's how he starts it off. He says, be alert and of a sober mind. He doesn't walk around when, when you look at a, a prowling lion. He doesn't walk around to, to a bunch of animals and say, hey, who wants to be lunch? No, he hides in the bushes. He hides in the bushes and he is carefully and meticulously and being sneaky to be able to find the opportune moment. He is looking for someone to devour. Who will be next for him? That's why Peter tells us, be alert, be of a sober mind, know that you have an enemy, know that he is real, Knowing, know that he wants to destroy you. And this is, it leads me to something that because there are people, there are even Christians that will say, show me where the line is. Because wherever the line is, I'll stay right here and I'll just ride the line and make sure that I am good. And make sure that I, am, I, I can stay on this side. But why don't we just do our very best to stay away from the line? 
Why don't we do our very best to just stay away from the line? There, there was this, uh, I heard of this businessman a truck, uh, who owned a trucking company. And he was seeking drivers, and it was in a mountainous area, and he would pull over some truck drivers and say, uh, how many wheels do you think you can have off this cliff without going, without going down? How many wheels do you think? And they would say, well, I think I could have the two back tires. I think I could be kind of on my side and still be able to manure, maneuver the truck a little bit uh, away from that. And, and he, he would not hire the people that respond to that. But if you were to respond and say, I, that's the line, I'm going to stay as far away from that as possible. He would hire them instantly on the spot. And that is my thing. We, the Bible tells us that we, we're in a sinful nature, that we will fall. And if I am going to fall, I want to fall in an area where I can get back up again. Because the truth is that if I fall close to the line, it, there's a 50-50 chance I could go over and it could be done and I could be done and over with or I could fall on this side and still get up. But do I really want to take that chance? Do you want to take that chance? If I'm going to fall, I want to fall over here where I can get back up again. Where is the line? Stay the furthest that you can. Stay the furthest that we can. I don't want to be gone forever. And I know you don't either. So if falling is a real possibility, let's fall where we can get back up again. The Bible says this, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what we're doing here this morning. Fruitless deeds of darkness. You know what that means? Fruitless. It wasn't going to bear any fruit. It wouldn't help you anyway. It wouldn't provide anything for you anyway. We, so we're exposing the enemy this morning so we can be aware they want to destroy us. The third thing, demons respond to a higher authority. Our enemy responds to a higher authority. He is an authority and he responds to authority. So think of it this way. Think of it in military terms. A private is not going to go up to a captain and tell him what to do without the captain laughing at him. But if the private has a relationship with the general, are you following me? If the general tells the captain what to do, he has to do it. It's, a th it's all about authority to him. What does Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 say? Finally, be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. There's that word again. He uses schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not really about your boss being upset at you and your boss lashing out at you. It is about the response and the emotion that it can cause and anger and bitterness take place in our heart because that is how the enemy enters my life. It's not really about anything else. It is about the emotions and how we respond to that. Be strong for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. These are all different types and forms of authorities, powers, spiritual forces of evil. I, it can, and I understand that as a believer, this can be overwhelming. It can seem to be overwhelming, but I have to go back to his word that even though the, the struggle is real and our enemy is real, I have to go back to the word. I wrestle not against flesh and blood, but I also have to remember what first John 4 4 says greater is he that is in me 
Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am not trying to make myself great. It's not about you trying to make yourself great. It's about who is in me. That while Satan may be a captain, the God that we serve is the general. I have to stay close to the general. I have to have a relationship with the general. So how do I do this? Let's look a little bit deeper. So here are a few tools that we have to use. The first is authority. And number one, the highest authority is the name of Jesus. The highest authority is the name of Jesus. The highest authority is the name of Jesus. I remember growing up as a little kid, and I would hear several times, I had heard numerous times from different relatives, if you ever find yourself in trouble, you don't have to call 911 immediately. You have to know one name. His name is Jesus. There is a name... It's all about his name, Jesus, and sickness begins to tremble, Jesus, demons tremble, Jesus, situations have to be dissolved in the presence of almighty God. Look at what Luke chapter 10 says, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. You notice what Jesus said. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. That is how strong our God is that while our enemy is real, that while he does present a clear and present danger, when he went up against the God that we serve, have you ever seen just how lightning is over just like that. That's how quick the battle was over. That is how powerful the God that you and I serve is. That the, it doesn't matter. The prince of darkness did not stand a chance against fighting the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Just like that, the battle was over. That's how strong his name is. That everything in this earth has to submit to him. David said, oh Lord, oh Lord, how great is your name in all the earth. And then he said, oh Lord, oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Paul said that at the name of Jesus, every Every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. That's right. Everybody in hell still has to recognize the authority and the power of Jesus' name. So I come to tell you this morning that if you're facing something, we have to know that there is power in the name. We have to know there is power in the name. The second thing, we have to use the authority of the word. The authority of the word. The Bible refers to, well, the scriptures refer to it as the sword of the spirit. It is an offensive weapon. When you look at what a sword is, it's not just to be a re reactive or in the defensive position, but rather it is to be an offensive weapon, to be able to attack. Matthew 4 and Luke 4 gives us the account of when Jesus faces the enemy in the wilderness. And even our Lord was able to know the power in the word. Every time you face something, you have to find a verse. Every time you face something, find a verse. Read his word and find a verse for what you are facing. And when trials come and when challenges come, use a verse. Memorizing the word is so important for us as believers that when something comes up that we could easily say, it is written. 
that when something tries to bring us down, that we say, it is written. When something tries to attack our family, it is written. When something tries to attack our marriage, it is written. When something tries to attack our finances, it is written. Find a verse for every single situation. The third thing, there's the authority of the blood of the cross. The authority of the blood of the cross. The blood will never lose its power. The blood will never lose its power. Revelations 12, 11 says this, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. The lifestyle of a spiritual warfare allows us to understand this, that there is power in the blood of Jesus. There is still power for your relative that doesn't come to church, that doesn't want to know Jesus, for your health that seems to be dwindling, for your situation inside your heart that seems to be getting worse. There is power in the blood of Jesus. I'm wrapping up. So three daily steps. Three daily steps. So I've, I've outlined that our enemy is real, that he wants to destroy us. We have to know the authority of the name of Jesus, the authority of his word, the authority of the blood and the cross. So how can you leave here this morning and being able to put wheels on this or to be able to put this in action? Three daily steps. Before I want to share two scriptures, Matthew 10 and 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Romans 8:37 says, knowing all these things, all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I am convinced, I am persuaded that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am persuaded. That is a mindset that we have to have, that we have to adopt as believers that, you know what? It doesn't matter what the enemy throws our way. I am persuaded. I am persuaded that there is nothing. There is nothing that can come my way that can separate me from the love of God. It doesn't mean that it won't hurt. It doesn't mean that I won't cry. It doesn't mean that I won't be frustrated. It doesn't mean that I won't be anxious. But there is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. I am persuaded. So three things. Submit yourself to God. How can you leave here today? How can I leave here today and be able to put this in action that when the enemy comes in like a flood that I can be able to stand again? I have to submit myself to God. Submit yourself to God. James 4, 7 and 8 says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Order is what is important here. It says submit yourself to God, then you're able to resist the devil and he will flee. Oftentimes we want to jump to the second part of the scripture and just try to resist him on our own. We need him. We need him. I have to submit myself to God, then I can resist the devil and he will flee. He not, it doesn't say he might flee, he will flee from you. The battle can be won. 
you can win. You can win. You can overcome with whatever is facing, whatever you are facing, whatever is coming against you. You can overcome the devil willfully. We have to submit ourselves to God. Once you are submitted, then you can resist the devil. The second thing is you have to close any open doors. Close any open doors. I heard a, a preacher tell the story of, of some thieves in a different, in another country, uh, somewhere in the Middle East, and these thieves were giving their account that they didn't even try to break into someone's house. They didn't even, they just went from house to house and just would push the door. And if the door was unlocked, they would enter because it was an opportune opportunity. The right opportunity showed up just because the door was left unlocked because there was not enough care to be able to just turn that knob, to be able to lock that door, they were able to walk in. But if the door was locked, they just kept on going to the other house. What doors do we have open? What doors do we have open that we need to close? We have to ask God. We have to be able to get to a point where you, I can't have this conversation for you. I love you enough to share this with you. You have to have this conversation on your own. God, what doors are open in my life? What doors are open? I can't, I can't lock all the doors and leave the windows open. What doors I have to close? Look at what, what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Verses 10 and 11, he says, anyone you forgive, they're talking about someone that they had just forgiven in the church. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not outwit us. What does that tell us in reading the scripture? That when I don't forgive, I leave myself open to the schemes of the enemy. I leave myself open to the fact that he might outwit us, for we are not unaware, there's that word again, of his schemes. If I don't forgive, we talked about this a few weeks ago, forgiveness doesn't, is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for us, it's for you. Holding things in our hearts limits the authority in our lives. Ephesians 4, 26 says this, in your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Do we get angry? Absolutely. But it's important for us to let that go to get to a point where we do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. So you're telling me that if I stay angry, I'm giving the devil a foothold in my life? I am. Whatever it is, it's not worth it. Let's let it go. Let's release it to God and let's let him do the work that only he can do. So I ask, Lord, is there anything in my life? Is there anything in my life, maybe the movies that I watch or the shows that I watch, or is it the music that I listen to or the conversations that I have? Is there anything that I am leaving a door open to allow the enemy to come in?
And the final thing, the worship team will join me. I have to confront, you have to confront, we have to confront our enemy daily. Daily. There comes a time where you have to say, you're not having my family. You've messed with my mind long enough. You've messed with my emotions long enough. I put an end to it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I put an end to it in the name of Jesus. You won't have my marriage, shame, you have to leave, anger, you have to go in the name of Jesus. I am bought with a price, I am forgiven, I am made whole, I am made righteous, not through my works, but through the work of Jesus. You have to leave my life unforgiveness, hurt, resentment, pain, suffering, tears. You have to go in Jesus' name. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That I have to understand that there is authority in his name and there is authority in his word that I don't have to live with hurt, that I don't have to live depressed, that I don't have to live anxious. No, Jesus paid the price for it all. There is power in his name to set us free and to be able to live the life that he died to give us. I've come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. I've come that you could smile again. I've come that you could be happy again. I've come that you could have joy and joy unspeakable. I have come. Come on, Impact City Church. Let's, let's take authority in the name of Jesus. Let's take authority in his word. Let's know that it is enough for what you're facing. As you stand, this is the last scripture that I want to share with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and this is so powerful because it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, de they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. Arguments that come to our mind and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And I take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that bad thoughts will not come. It just means that when it comes, I'm going to submit it to God. It, it means when temptation comes my way, I'm going to submit it to God and I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to go down that road. No, greater is he that is in me than he that is in I have to declare his word over my life that when, when I feel anxious that I have to remember, be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and supplication, making my request known to God. I have to have a word to cancel what he says. I am fearfully and I'm wonderfully made I've, I've been made just a little bit lower than the angels I am the apple of his eye yeah I have I am the head I am not the tail I am blessed in the city I am blessed in the field 
I may be struggling financially, but, but my God will supply all my needs according to, my, to his riches and glory. But the God that I serve owns a cattle of a thousand hills. And if he takes care of the birds of the air, he's going to take care of me. If he clothes the lilies with majesty, how much more will he take care of me? How much more? There is a word for what you're facing here today. Lift your hands right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, in your presence right now. In your presence right now, we declare your power. We declare your name over every stronghold, over every thought over everything that wants to come into our hearts and in our minds and be able to cause us to enter in a state of depression or oppression or for us to be anxious and, and to, to face anxiety right now in the name of Jesus. I take authority over it all in the powerful name of, of Jesus and by the authority of your word, I cancel every curse. I cancel every lie. I cancel everything that is coming to discourage, to bring down, to, to be able to cause defeat and to leave us in a state of disheartment, to leave us unsettled, to leave right now. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I come against everything coming against our minds, our hearts, our spirits, our souls, our marriages, our families, our jobs, our careers, our finances right now. I declare us healed and I declare us whole in Jesus' name and by the authority of his word. And by the authority of his word, devil, you will not have, you will not have it. Not only do I say not today, I say never. I say never. You can't have my mind. You can't have my self-esteem. You can't have my confidence. You can't have my self-control. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my children. You can't have my husband. You can't have my wife. No, I, I declare you defeated in Jesus' name. I use the name that is above every other name. Right now, right now, right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior, and today you say, this is a day where I say yes. With every eye closed, I want to invite you to just raise your hand right where you're at. Raise your hand right there. I see you. We're going to pray a prayer together. Because we believe in doing life with one another. So everybody at the sound of my voice, would you pray with me? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross. Thank you for making a way for me to come to you. I received this gift. I ask you to come into my heart. Change my life. Restore me. Change me. In Jesus' name, amen.